I'm Casey Finey, and this is Fast Company's Creative Conversation, a podcast where we tap into some of the most creative minds in film, TV, music, and beyond. We're tackling the mental roadblocks these creatives have encountered on projects or moments where they felt stuck in their careers. By diving into the problem, finding out how they overcame it, and the lessons they learned from it, you'll hopefully have a clear blueprint on how to manage your own creativity. Well, Jean, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. No, it was last minute. I know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a last minute sprint to the studio. But, you know, I whenever you're in town, it's always like, uh, this has always been on my mind, so I'm glad we're able to do it. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and happy to be able to do it, too. So I know that, you know, your, your real breakout role came as playing Issa's brother, Amal, in Insecure. Mm. And I just kind of want to start there because, first of all, that's that's obviously a huge show to to come into so how did that opportunity even come about oh the opportunity came about when my reps hit me up actually not my reps they were hip-hocking me at the time mm-hmm. um full screen was hip-hocking me at the time and they had asked me like hey um can we inter- can we submit you to jobs i was like sure why not um second audition they sent me out on was insecure and i was like okay all right cool who am i playing Issa's brother i was like oh okay cool cool <laughs> And then I was reading it, reading it, and I was like, oh, he's a gay guy. All right, cool, awesome. And I was like, oh, do I want to get pigeonholed into playing just a gay guy? <laughs> and, like, I got to the hall that thinking, and then I was like, nah, this is this is what I want to do. I want to do this. So um, I went in for the audition thinking they were not going to choose me. They were like, oh, he's fucking straight. Who the fuck cares? Never. <laughs> never going to choose him. And then um went in, just went in, just riffed, and they were like, all right, cool. Went didn't hear from them for like a week um and then i got another call back and i was like they're like hey they want to call you back i was like okay cool i was like all right and then um went back in and did the same thing same thing didn't change anything um and then um then we had to do the chemistry read with mm-hmm. Ethan, and we sat down and did a chemistry read and i had they started laughing in the room which was really cool then i didn't hear anything back so i was like okay cool and I saw like other guys there who I see work all the time. Right. So I'm like, oh, they got it. They the <laughs> other guys got it and just completely forgot about it. Um, and then I'm at a coffee shop with my cousin, and we're talking about like what's my next move, like what are we doing this yeah. and third. And I get a phone call from my rep, um, Tim. And Tim's like, hey, uh, they want you. I was like. They want what? I, know. <laughs> I was like, be specific, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, um, insecure called and they want you to play Issa's brother Amal. I was like, I gotta play. East. I'm playing Issa's brother Amal. They're like, yeah. I was like, oh shoot, I'm playing a gay guy. I gotta do some research. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do some inform. I gotta go go searching and mining for information. I don't want to be perpetrating. Well, I'm really- that's what I was gonna say. Like, how did you go about building this character, knowing that that knowing that you're coming into it as a straight man, but you're playing this gay character, and that's obviously can be a little. You can go ways like where it's like really <laughs> insensitive. Yeah. Got to go off the rails. And so, how did you go about building out this character in a, in a sensitive way, but on in in an authentic way as well? Um. Uh, first off, like when I moved to LA, I had a, my first roommate was a gay guy, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Oh, this guy's really cool." And I got cool with all his friends. Um, then I had another roommate who was very flamboyant, mm-hmm. who moved in. He was a gay guy, very flamboyant dude. So I saw him, you no, know, like saw him. I had like two different versions, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but my other roommate, he like really like introduced me to like what like 
you're gay being a gay man, this and third, and you saw him, he was very masculine type, you know. Mm-hmm. You see all his friends, he brought his friends to the house. I know he was dating, he dates a lot, and like, you know, right. like you can see, you can see, I saw the difference between the two, yeah. right? Um, so I had that to pull from. Mm. And then um, then I just went online and just started doing research. I started, started looking re- doing research on different guys as an in industry mm-hmm. who, were, who were doing it. Um, just like really reading, like doing a deep dive. And that's where I found, I was looking up activists from back in the day, mm-hmm. like the first um, black man who was an activist who was a gay guy. Oh, what's his name? Bayard Rustin. He, he was, no. yep, Bayard Rustin. Okay. Yep. There you go. Found him. Um, started reading up on him and how he like had to keep it a secret for a while. Then he became open. Um, then I watched like movies like Milk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. There's different ways like, I could play this. Yeah. And I didn't want to be. I didn't want to do the super flamboyant, flamboyant. Like, cause the guys that I know that were gay, mm-hmm. they just walk. They look. They were very masculine. Yeah. And like. I looked at TV and on TV, every guy that they, when they showed a gay guy, he was very flamboyant. Mm-hmm. He's very loud. He's doing this. I'm like, oh, you could be chill. Yeah. Right? Um, so I went with that. What I went that route um, when I started playing them all. And like, it was great. Because Did the team at Insecure have any input on that? Or you, that's what you just brought to it? I brought that to okay. it. So I just wanted to do the most honest representation of a gay black man that I know. Yeah. And then after the season was over and, like, people were started coming to me and was like, hey, bro, just to let you know, you're playing me on there. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, bro, I'm gay. I was like, since when? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, since when, bro? He's like, forever. I was like, bro, in college you were. He's like, he's, he's like, I know, but. I always like dudes. There I was you like, go. wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, dope. I was like, thank you, man. Like, literally, exactly. thank you so yeah. much for like telling me that that I'm really portraying you in an honest, real way. And it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, like it really, really meant a lot to me because the thing is, I don't want to disrespect nobody, and also want to play the most authentic way that I possibly can. Um, and I look at him as me, mm-hmm. so it's like. We just have different preferences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so playing that and being able to play that, and then having people come to me like, "Yo, thank you for playing me. Thank you for taking on that role, mm-hmm. um, and taking on that role and playing that role um, because it's very brave of you." I was like, "Brave, bro. I'm representing somebody. Yeah, it's but a person I mean, in the world. I think there's a lot of people, specific, like when it comes to, like you said in the beginning, like you're you had that brief thought of like you didn't want to get pigeonholed. What did that do for you as an actor as a whole, stepping outside of that, stepping that out, comfort zone? It really just opened me up to like a lot of things, and also it opened me up to op- other issues that's out there, hmm. um, people's issues with like home like homophobes and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. dudes like that really opened me up to that, and then opening up to like friends who are who are lightweight homophobic and not even didn't even really notice yeah. it. Um, even women, some women, oh, completely. some women yeah. who were like lightweight homos, like one person called me was like, so you're playing me? I was like, what? Ooh. I was like, chill out, yo. <laughs> no. Relax. Can't use that word. Exactly. It's like, you. what are you talking about? Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. yo, don't do that. Don't do that. You're so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, then you have homies who are trying to roast me for playing that role. I'm like, bro, relax. But then you have 
Then I also have um, gay dudes who are upset at me for taking on the role. Mm, that's yeah. I was gonna say there's there's the other side of that. There's the other side. There's gay dudes yeah. who are upset at me for taking on the role, and I'm like, bro, Neil Patrick Harris been doing it forever. Right. He's been playing straight. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see. I think a lot of people look at it as like you know, there's so few opportunities mm-hmm. for like you know openly gay actors to have these roles, and so there's that whole conversation recently with Scarlett Johansson who is tapped to play a trans man, mm-hmm. and there's all that backlash, and then she wound up like stepping down from it because mm-hmm. they're like you, and this is this is internal, this is like raging debate basically of like act. That's what you do as actors, you take on roles, mm-hmm. you you become someone else. Yeah, and it's one of those things like where both like there's a lot of people on both sides who are saying like. Yeah, that's what actors do. Then other people saying like, yeah, but then you know you have actors who you have like actors in the LGBTQIA plus community that they can do this role too, and they mm-hmm. can have jobs and like so it's like it's it, like it, how can I do what I really want to do, which is play represent the underrepresented, yeah, in a real way, if I can't do that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's some things I can't, I wouldn't do, but like there's like. There's some roles like I can't, I'm not gonna dress around in white face and just walk around and do a white role. You know what I'm saying? Like can't do stuff like that. Yeah. Like white people can't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I just want to represent the underrepresented in a real way. Right. And I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to do that and be able to take on a role like a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got me a lot of attention from both male and female. <laughs> <laughs> My DMs are crazy <laughs> right now. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Oh man, I can't even tell you. <laughs> God, you it is what? insane. <laughs> we shall not go down that road. That is just fine. We'll not go down that road. But I mean, that's the thing. I find it interesting that you know, in addition to Insecure, you've also you're also on American Crime, and you you have you have obviously other acting credits. But at the same time as you building your acting career, you've been getting into writing your own material and developing your own shows. And so, like what. I love to, and you have one recently with um with Soul Pancake. So yeah. like, just talk talk to me about some of these projects that you have been working on yourself. Yeah, well, like I said, Insecure has been such a huge blessing. Like right after Insecure, that validated a lot of the stuff that I've been doing mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, writing was one of the things that I've been doing on the low and just crafting that, mm-hmm. and that got a show that I wrote, uh, which is loosely based on my life. It's called Send Help. Got picked up by um, Soul Pancake, which is a production company that produced the show for me. And currently, right now, we're shopping it out. Um, it's such a great experience um, to be able to do something like that and to see my words come to life and then cast people and watch them take on the role and do it in a, an amazing way, like showcasing it in ways that I didn't even imagine. Yeah. Um, just giving them, just giving my words life. Um, and I wrote that also with my friend Mike Gayu. Mm-hmm. He's a great dude. Um, currently got staffed on a Netflix show as well. Can't talk about the show, but um, <laughs> uh, he he came along and jumped on the project with me mm-hmm. and helped me write that show as well. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, when it comes to building out these other projects, I mean, I imagine your experience your experience on Insecure, you know, is obviously great for your acting career, but also in seeing how a show can be created and how people run shows and produce it because you had Issa Rae who's mm-hmm. like you know obviously playing both sides of the fence she's, she's a showrunner and starring in it and do, so I feel like what were some of those kind of seeing her in action and I imagine taking her on as something of like as, 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 as a mentor like mm-hmm. what have you learned from her and seeing her do her thing and you know even conversation you may have had from her like how, what have you learned in how to create your own show act in your own show basically do it all 
Yeah, um, I learned scheduling. <laughs> and I learned from her, I learned handing out, DBing out tasks to other people. Because mm. you can't take up the whole world on. Yeah. You literally have to, you'll spread yourself thin. Right. So you hand off jobs to other people who right. are qualified to do those jobs and you let them do their thing. And you just check up on it every once in a while. So how is that? Because I know a lot of people that's really tough because a lot of people, especially if it's a, a small project or a project that's really close to mm-hmm. them, they want to hold it really close to their chest. And so how do you learn to let go in a way? You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you literally, it's like, you just got to trust and have faith that it's going to come out the way you want it to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what sent help was really big because I had this story in my head um, that came to me from this girl, Valerie, who worked at Soul Pink at the time. She said, hey, I saw your content online. We would like to create a show with you. What would you like to create? I said, um, I would like to create a scripted show. Um, I would love to talk about the immigrant the immigrant story. Um, I'm first generation Haitian American. So I want to have that in there. Um, I want to represent my people on television. Because um, American Crime gave me that opportunity in a huge way. Like yeah. I was able to represent the culture and also be able to just speak my mother's native language on TV, mm-hmm. on a net, on a network television show. That was insane to yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was great. And then I was like, okay, let's continue that. And then um, when I created um, Send Help, which is a show loosely based on myself, life, my life, about a first generation um, Haitian American um, trying to manage his family from three thousand miles away while trying to build a career in LA mm-hmm. so when you're the first one to make it out of any family you're usually the person taking care of everybody of course. and you're usually handling like you're also come from immigrant background mm-hmm. so like you you're the nucleus so yep. people are constantly like calling you to talk to you about what this person did and what that person did and you're trying to mediate that situation um, and that's what this character is constantly doing. He's constantly trying to mediate situations, trying to handle problems. When you're creating a, your show, creating your own show, you find people, you, you get people around you who will, who will, who will make you feel comfortable to let let go yeah. of certain parts of the job. So therefore, they can do their best part, mm. their job. So therefore, we all come together. Like I kind, I consider, I think of creating a show. Writing a show, creating a show, like a like a ant colony. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. an ant colony. So you have the idea, which is the queen, mm-hmm. and everybody's serving the queen. You have all these people moving parts to make sure the colony works. So right. the story is the colony, and then you have the person who's the show cre- who the, the ideas are spilling out of, mm-hmm. and then you have the writer who comes in and pulls the, pulls these things, and then you. You pass this along to somebody else, and then you pass it along to somebody else. You pass it along to somebody else, and we're all working to make sure the colony works. Yeah, you know. Yeah. When it comes to building out your skill set beyond being an actor, how have you been navigating that? Because, you, like you said, you could have done some directing, but you knew, like, let me bring somebody else in. So, like, when you when you're looking to branch out, how are you navigating that? Since since and help has been written, and then um, we got to see it executed and done. Now it's in the shopping stage. I've been able to sit down and write some other projects. Um, I've also been able to get into the writer's room. I ended up getting in the writer's room of the show called Magic of Humans on Netflix for their second season. So that was oh, How did that come about? That was amazing to me. <laughs> like, that was... So what happened with that was I have a couple of projects I've written before, mm-hmm. before um, Send Help. 
I have this animated show I written, I wrote. Um, I have this this um, thriller I wrote, and like these are short stories. I wrote these thriller. I wrote the animated show was like a series I've had for a while, um, and I wrote these small bits. And my rep over at Innovative was like, "Hey, can we send some of these things out to people?" So they sent them out, and the show creators of the producers and everyone that over at um, Magic and Humans read some of their projects and they're like, "Hey, we want to we want to meet you." Wow. Came in for a meeting and I was like, "Okay, cool. This is this is dope." Like I met everybody in the room. Everybody was really cool, and I felt like it was more like a personality thing. It was mm-hmm. like, "How's your personality? Can we can can we work with each other?" Yeah. You know, it was like it was like a meeting of the minds. Mm-hmm. So. Then like a couple weeks later, I get a phone call saying, "Hey, um, we want to invite you to work on the show." Hmm. That's wild. So, I mean, what'd you walk away from that experience with? Because I imagine being in in that writers' room situation, and I want to say, like, didn't you? Did you? Did you shadow a little bit in the insecure writers' room as well? No, like, oh, I no. tried to. Oh, but I could, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's slow for you. <laughs> I tried to, <laughs> like, I tried, man. Like, I was because right after doing send help, I was like, okay. How does a writer's room work? Yeah. Because all I know is Mike and I. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good, yeah. Going one-on-one is a different dynamic than like, being in. All, all I know is Mike and I. Like, right. him and I, we done tried to kill each other several times. <laughs> we done laughed a lot. We done debated, debated online uh-huh. about topics that we're going to be writing about. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of me and Mike did in that room of trying to get the story flushed right. out. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I'm on Insecure. So season three coming out, I call my reps like, yo, hey, can you try to get me in the writer's room in Insecure? They're like, yeah, 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 we'll try. <laughs> try being the operative word. <laughs> try. Deaded. I got deaded. I was not able to get in that room. I was like, shit, all right, cool. But, like, how am I going to learn? How am I going to know how to run a room? How am I going to learn how to run a room if I've never been in a room? Yeah. So I'm asking friends who are who are writing on shows like, can I visit your writers' room? They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll set up a time. Like, but we're not gonna be writing when you come to visit the writers' room. I was like, damn, this defeats the purpose. Like, <laughs> right. that's not what I want. Like, I need, I want to see it in action. Um, and then this opportunity came about, and I was like, oh shit. So this is how a writers' room is run. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different personalities in the room. So many different like aesthetic in the room but the the room was predominantly white it was a predominantly mm-hmm. white room and that was the black voice in the room like kind of like no nope, that that nah, wouldn't work no nope, yeah. nah, nah, <laughs> I don't know or but uh, 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 I don't think that's gonna go <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you had women in the room was like mm, no that's not no mm. and then you have like magicians is like that's not gonna work like right. <laughs> well, this is not a cartoon. Like you right. like you have all these personalities in a room and then you have this one guy who kinda like funnels all these ideas mm-hmm. and says, Okay, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could talk about it and flush it out and make it so that it's realistic. Yeah. And, or it's like that's cool that's a cool trick. Let's see how we could get this trick in this thing. Right. Or uh, um because a lot of a lot of the people in the room some of these people in the room were just writers. Right. So they knew bits and jokes and, like, wrote, like knows how to not knows how to put pen to, well, key, hands to keys, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and, like, write. So 
they knew that, but they didn't know the magic side. Then you have yeah. guys who represent the magicians in the room. They're in the room. And then the, the show creator is a magician himself. You know, he's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. He's in the room. He's, like, helping us guide us in there. And you have the guy who is the main guy, main writer, head writer. He's, like, telling us. Right. And then you're just so many cool little personalities in the room. And so, I mean, from, because you, you mentioned that you really, like, how are you supposed to know how to writer's room, how to run a writer's room if, you, if you're not in one? And yeah. so... What would you say were some of those top notes that you took away from being in this particular writer's room, like kind of seeing how it works, seeing how someone's able to funnel an idea? Like what were some of those like top notes that you're going to apply to when you're running a room? Um, yeah, it's a personality thing. Yeah. you got to learn how to manage personalities. Mm-hmm. You can't take things seriously. Um, yes. You can't take things seriously. You can't take things to the heart, yeah. you know, because – your your feelings could get hurt in the room, like <laughs> real quick, real <laughs> quick. Like there was a time, I uh, somebody made a suggestion about one thing, and I made it, and I built on that idea, and the, the the guy Justin, who's the show's about, was like, yeah, I don't think I really want to do that. And then you have the the writer's assistant in the room writing all the notes like uh-huh. <laughs> on the oh, wall no. <laughs> on the wall so like everything you're saying in the room is being written and like I don't know how she does it she was like like writing everything <laughs> and you're seeing everything on the wall being written and he's like yeah I don't know about that and then like I look up to the wall you see my idea being erased oh, no. slowly and it's like it's it's like painfully disappearing <laughs> it's not like it's not like she highlighted and deleted it it's like click click no. click 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 and I just started some shame I, I started crying I was like this is hilarious I like this is too funny. I'm like oh, you can't man. get mad at that, man, and like you can't take anything to the heart, man. Yeah. You can't can't get upset. Like if the idea didn't work, the idea didn't work. Cool, next one. Right. <laughs> you know. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like, do you ever? Because the fact that you know, as we talked about, you know, you're building your acting career, but you're also getting into writing, you're getting into creating your shows, all that stuff. Do you feel like you're doing? Does it ever feel like you're doing too much too soon? Because, like, some people may look at your career and say, like, oh, you should probably just focus on acting and really, like, get true, true solid feet and build up his name. And that way, taking on writing projects or creating shows might become a little bit easier. But you seems like you're doing a full court spread on everything, which, mm-hmm. you know, do you ever feel like that's too much too soon? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I feel like it's too much. Uh, but as an actor, you're supposed to create. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're supposed to work on your craft. Uh and if you're not getting the jobs that you want to get, create the jobs you want to be in. Um, that's been my philosophy forever. Um, so I've never been a person to sit around and wait for a handout. Because um, typically that's what, it, that's what it feels like when you're acting. Um, and then also I'm, I'm very big on just taking control of your own career. Yeah. Take control of your own career and just do it. Um, now, I don't – I say no to things so therefore I'm not spreading myself thin um I'm very much an actor um fell in love with it since the day I stepped foot in LA um I started a little bit before LA but that was more of a money play side play but when I got to class Mm. that's when I learned like what it was right and I was like yes (laughs) this is amazing um and I and I didn't want to do anything else after that yeah um, but I wasn't getting the jobs I wanted to get. So um, the next natural thing was to 
research what writing is. Mm-hmm. Um, figure that out. Um, and I figured out some stuff, and I was like, okay, cool. I can write some things. I can write some things. Um, draw from yourself. Draw from draw from life. Draw from experiences. Draw from everything that's been going on around you. Draw from your friends. Um, and there's so much amazing stories that are not being told that I really want to tell. Yeah. Um, that I'm like, well, how is this story not being told? Why is this not being, you know? So it's some projects that I'm like plays like Top Dog Underdog. I'm like, why is this not a movie? Yeah. Going for a walk, grabbing coffee, these are common ways to get through a mental block. But what about a work roadblock that affects productivity? A Citrix workspace can help with integrated collaboration tools, seamless file access, and a consistent user experience across devices, freeing you to work your way anywhere. Because when your mind is free, you can be creative, efficient, and productive. Learn more at citrix.com fasco. That's C-I-T-R-I-X dot com F-A-S-T-C-O. I feel like you are coming up in a time that's really interesting for creators in general because there's so many different avenues to get your work out there. Like you said, you weren't necessarily getting the roles that you wanted, so you're creating your own opportunities. And so being someone who is has his hands in doing so many different things is just being so successful across the board. Like what would you say is kind of what's what's the what's the blueprint for creative hustlers out there? From, I know you're still in the thick of it, but I'm just curious to know, like, what what is your blueprint for being uh, a creative hustler? My blueprint for being a creative hustler is work on it every freaking day. <laughs> <laughs> every day, man. Um, like, study. Yeah. Like, you have to study every day. Like, me, like, whenever I'm not working, I'm literally reading scripts. I don't even need to be a part of it, like of the project. I'm just literally just sitting at home reading scripts. Oh wow, wow! Like I'm reading people's scripts, just so I know, so I know how to write too. Yeah. Like I'm literally reading people's scripts. Like, oh, I can see myself playing this role, or I can't see myself playing this role. And that also informs you about what you can and can't play, or not what you can and can't play. You should be able to play anything, but what you what is speaks to you now versus what doesn't speak to you. Yeah, you know. And that could stop you from making this uh, stupid move of just trying to play every role. Like, you can't... Sometimes you're not even emotionally available for every role. Sometimes you just don't even... You don't. You can't even grasp what's happening right. in this scene. You don't. You can't even understand that. Like, you could read it and you'd be like, oh, this looks familiar. But you can't even grasp what's happening. Right. Like, what's really... What's the undertone of what's happening in the scene? So if you could leave our listeners with one bit of creative advice, what would it be? Creative advice? Um, If you're trying to do this for real, surround yourself with the people that do it for real. Makes sense. Because you'll learn very quickly if this is for you. (laughs) (laughs) You'll learn very quickly if this is for you. True. Um, And if you really want to... If you really want to... Like, hone your stories. Journal. Hmm. Practice journaling, because your life is very fascinating. Um, you like you can be like, oh, that story don't mean that's bullshit. It's like, oh no, but literally, if you're going through it, nine times and someone else is going through it too. A hundred percent. Yeah. So you want to 
be able to call on that so therefore people can relate to you like I go through my journal and just read what I wrote down um, and see how that story unfolds and this is still trigger something to me um, and then you can expound on that in in the, in the project. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. I'm glad we made this happen. And me too, on man. Such short notice. <laughs> me too, bro. Me too. And we're right nice. on time. Man. I know, right? Really, <laughs> right on time. Really. Thank you for listening to Creative Conversation. Make sure to rate, comment, or subscribe if you like what you've been hearing. And I'll see you next time.